delighted to have our staff back with us this morning. When we started this series some weeks ago, we began with words from our staff. And as we're winding down, getting ready for summer, we have one more session next week. Uh, but this is the next to the last session. And I wanted to hear, I wanted you to hear from our staff again. So I'm glad that they're here. And I'm glad that you've tuned in to watch us today. So this week, uh, we wanted to talk about what's been going on in the world, and I had some questions for everybody to kind of organize the conversation. Um, so let's start uh, with everybody. What's a word uh, do you have to describe what you're feeling right now? I'll go first. Um, I think a word would just be tense, uh, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Uh, it's just a very tense time. Uh, <clears throat> my word is radical. I'm feeling radical. I'm feeling like we're, it's time for a radical reimagining of the way we take care of each other and the way we take care of our communities and coming with to each situation from a place of abundance and not a place of scarcity. My word is disgusted. I'm disgusted at what I'm seeing in the country right now. And my message to everyone is to go out and vote in November. I think if everyone went out and vote, everyone will make a bigger statement than they're making today. I've been feeling really angry. Um, I feel like every time I read the news, you know, it's a flux of, um, you know, hopeful moments where it feels like things are changing quickly and there are, you know, great strides being made. But then at the same time, I learn something else that's, you know, really not fair and really upsetting. So, uh, you know, I've kind of been going between those two, but overall just these past few weeks been feeling really upset. I think for me right now, um, the word I would use to describe my own being is fragile. Um, I feel like everything is sitting right here, you know, um, bubbling, ready to bubble over at any second. Um, I think my fragility was present as we went into this lockdown COVID-19 situation and then the fragility has just continued um, with all of the racist acts that we have been coming to the surface and been managing and the, um, the dynamic that's happening in the country right now. So I'm just feeling very fragile. Um, the word that comes to mind for me is roller coaster. <laughs> um, there are moments when I feel hopeless and uh, like this is an insurmountable problem that I don't think our country is capable of facing. And then there are these beautiful 
uphills that happen where I am so excited to make change and realize that like I am the change maker and we are all change makers and seeing like today the the DACA decision was like impassioned me so much but then the reality of what's going on in the world like hits you again so roller coaster is definitely my word yeah um my my word would would be actually surprisingly hopeful right now in this in this moment right now i am beginning to feel a little bit more hopeful that you know things are beginning to change and that voices will be heard this is the first time in you know in history that that protest has really happened this way around the world and that everybody is beginning to get on board and i think a lot of that goes to social media uh, and that makes me feel hopeful that you know voices that need to be heard and voices that haven't been heard including mine will you know have that chance now and have that fighting chance um i also think it's it's a time that because of the coronavirus and because we are all isolated and a lot of us are not currently working it, it allows more time for growth um and and we all are beginning to grow in ways that we didn't even think were going to happen this year um how are you all continu continuing to grow through this? Yeah, I think growth has been really interesting. I think for me, it's been mostly um, very internal and very much about feeling my strength grow. Um, when we started this whole process of like, being in quarantine, I would freak out if I heard things going on behind me or, and I was in the middle of a meeting and I found it really challenging. But now I feel like I'm finally able to uh, just kind of embrace where I am right now and realize that I'm completely capable of way more than I thought I was. Um, and especially in this time when I think about again making change um, that my voice is important my ideas are important but also if something goes wrong it's not the end of the world I can bounce back from it so yeah it's it's been very much on the inside for me and it, it's been really important I think anytime I've been faced with this kind of change, um, this kind of shift in routine, this change of thinking, um, I always try to carefully examine the why. Um, when I've been a product of progressive education my whole life, it's been a continual question that every teacher, every professor, every colleague I've ever worked with has asked me to examine my why. Why do I make the choices that I'm making? Why are other people making the choices they are making? And when I arrived at Park Avenue Methodist as the director of the day school three years ago, it was the question I brought to the faculty. Yes, you have this systemic program that has been part of everybody's lives for 54 years, um, since 1954, sorry. Um, but why? Why are we doing the things we're doing? So I think for me, one of the ways I'm managing this situation is to continually look at the why. Why are people reacting the way they're reacting? Why am I feeling the things I'm feeling? Why are the police reacting the way they're reacting? Why is our president or our governor or our mayor, why are our politicians reacting the way they're reacting? Um, and helping my family to also look at the why. I think part of this is also the dialogue that occurs with the people closest to you. 
Um, it's what I wanted out of my teaching staff. I wanted to come as close together as possible and, and examine that why as an intimate community. Um, so trying my best to, to help my family look at the why of their choices and their feelings in relation to the whys of what's happening. Um, but I agree with Liz, it's a very internal process. It's not something that's, for me at least, it's not something that's big and bold and loud. It's very quiet and reflective. Um, and as I said, that's really kind of my MO from progressive education my whole life, is to really become reflective in these moments. So that's what I'm doing. The way that I've grown during this time is um, through gaining knowledge. Um, I feel very empowered by education. So what I've been doing over these past few weeks is really um, diving into anything that I can get my hands on, um, books, articles, etc. Um, coincidentally, before the protests began, um, about a week or two before, I started reading uh, A People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn. And when I started it, I wasn't sure how much I was going to stick to it because it's a very large book. So I thought, you know, maybe I'll just sort of like read chapters that I'm interested in. But then when the protest broke out, I thought like, this is so relevant right now. So I've actually been sticking to it. Um, and so, you know, what I've just been seeing is how many patterns started 400 years ago that we have not been able to break out of. And it's really been frustrating, but also really eye-opening just to see how we've come to this point in time. Um, so that is the way that I've been growing, is by building my knowledge base about how we've come to this moment. Um, for me, since I've been around for a while, so I don't think I've actually grown. I think I've actually aged through this whole process. And, you know, what I think about a lot is the serenity prayer. And, you know, because for me, that's comforting and it's helping me just to get through these times. Because as I've said, I've seen a lot, and um, but in, in a lot of ways, I'm hopeful. Um, <clears throat> growing for me has looked like fostering, building connections and taking action. And those have happened in conjunction with each other. Um, action to me has involved physical protesting, it has involved um, donating, it has involved learning more about how my local government works and calling my city council members and my assembly members, the governor's office, the mayor's office, to voice my concerns and in some cases support. Um, and also in a really huge way, my growth has happened um, I have a group of best friends that I'm on a text chat with and our, our chats used to look like baby pictures and dog pictures and it still has that, but it's become this source of um, knowledge where we are always sharing educational resources. We are um, offering options of different ways to take action. Um, we are uh, asking for advice when we're having tough tough conversations with people in our lives. Um, and it feels really good to be doing this alongside people I love and trust and are supportive. 
I think growth for me in, in the past few weeks has been uh, dealing so much on an internal emotional level. Um, I think uh, of one, of, one of the things that I've heard so much recently is kind of this discussion of, of masculinity, masculinity. What does masculinity mean in terms of emotions? And for the, most of my life, I've been a very measured, deliberate, kind of mellow kind of person of not letting uh, myself act out of my emotions without fully thinking it through. Um, but I'm becoming more and more convinced over the last couple of weeks uh, that emotions are very good. Uh, there's something within us that speaks through our emotions to tell us what's actually happening in some way. Um, and so I found myself of A, being more aware of my emotions, of, of being able to say, how does this make me feel in this moment? Um, investigating why that is of, 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 like Molly talked about the why, why am I feeling this way? What is prompting me to feel this way? But ultimately being okay with it and accepting of, you know, I'm very, you know, angry right now, for example, and that's okay. There's quite a bit to be angry about. But then the question is how then do you use your emotions to then act well in this world? Um, in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul talks about, in your anger, do not sin. Not that anger is bad, but that when you are angry, to make sure that how you are responding is still healthy. And so I found myself over the past few weeks, especially with so many of these videos that have just uh, made me so mad to watch, some, some of these things that just completely crush me, of knowing that's okay, that's healthy to be feeling that. Um, and just being more accepting of that. Yeah, um, and my growth for me has really come in growing into my voice as a Black person. I, I am generally a quiet person. I generally am, am an introvert. But, you know, recently, you know, I, we've started this podcast, Coffee with Kathy, and then I also have another one, The Bold Space, which I'm talking about race as well on there. And I've been more vocal on, on on social media and creating videos, and so I've been doing a lot more um, because I feel like I felt empowered now to let my voice be heard. So many, so many other people are now starting to speak out, and it's like, oh, now, now it's something to be said about when you feel like your voice can be heard, it makes it easier to speak. And you know that that has definitely been a major growth point for me during this. Um, but as we all know, with growth, you have to take time and you have to make sure um, if you're growing outward in one way, you have to be doing this, taking the same measures necessary to make sure you're taking care of yourself um, and taking time um, to decompress and relax. Uh, what has everybody been doing to take care of themselves during this time? I'll go first this time. Um, there have been three things I've found that I've really been honing in on. One of them is just sleep. Of, I know if I'm not getting enough sleep, I'm uh, just not with it. I'm not as sharp. I'm not as uh, thoughtful. Um, and so getting sleep, especially now, uh, it takes a while to fall asleep. But once I do get to sleep, of how restorative that is. Um, 
another thing is trying to find time to break away from the screen. Um, especially now that I'm just in my apartment so much. It's my computer, it's my phone, it's my television. And that seems to be to take up so much of my time. Uh, and then especially with social media, when you're seeing this constant deluge of what's happening in the world, of that can just be overwhelming. And so finding the time to step back, even if it's just a little bit, to step back of to read, um, to, to run to the store, to grab something without looking at my phone the whole way there. Um, that's been great. And another thing is getting outside, especially as the weather is getting better. It's, uh, uh, you know, this past week has been absolutely beautiful. Um, last weekend I actually got sunburnt for the first time in over a year. Uh, and I didn't realize that a sunburn could be so healing <laughs> in some ways. Uh, but just being outside, I mean, I live close to two parks and it's just so great to get out of my tiny apartment, um, see people from an appropriate distance uh, and just have that time to, uh, to breathe so much better. I have to second Isaiah in that um, taking a break from social media is a huge way that I can take care of myself. And now that it's not just one screen I'm looking at, it's my computer and my phone uh, and my TV and my other computer and and it is so overwhelming and so there there has to be a point in time where i put all of it away walk away um the other thing the other way i'm taking care of myself is laughter um jokes from friends ridiculous dancing cat videos anything because Laughter is so healing and brings me out of that darkness and makes me feel positive again. And it gives my abs a great workout. So there's, there's just so many reasons. That's how I'm getting through. Well, I've been trying to take care of myself by continuing to do things that I've been doing as best as possible, like eating healthy, walking my dog, um, going to bed at a set time, trying to be in contact with families and loved ones. And um, most importantly, what I've started to do is not to watch too much news on TV. And so that's what I've been trying to do and to do other things that I have to do around the house just to keep my thoughts off of what's happening around me. Uh, what I've been doing to take care of myself um, is just sort of diving headfirst into the things that bring me joy, watching my favorite movies, watching my favorite TV shows. I give myself weekly manicures. Um, keeping my space nice and tidy, um, cooking at home, just anything that kind of puts my mind at ease, I've been doing it. Um, I mentioned this in our first coffee with Kathy, but um, walking. Walking is a huge part of my kind of daily 
self-care. Um, like Paul, I have a dog as well. And so it's that wonderful opportunity and force to get outside. Um, I shared with the crew yesterday actually that they opened up a new section of my park up here in Harlem um, with the phase one construction restarting. And that has just been a wonderful place to explore um, and get some really beautiful views of um, Yankee Stadium actually here from the island of Manhattan. Um, but the honest truth of it all, and I will be fully transparent as me and the world of Bravo have become very close. Um, there was a, on a variety of levels, um, I find that diving into other people's nonsense problems helps you separate from your actual problems. Um, it was actually something that Andy Cohen, who is the spearhead behind all of it, talked a lot about. Um, and he actually has been having some really honest, thoughtful conversations um, during his show, Watch What Happens Live. Um, and I have found them um, very supportive in kind of opening the dialogue to what's happening. But mostly me and the housewives have gotten real close. <laughs> Transparency there. <laughs> Molly, I'm going to agree with you. Housewives have, has also helped me through this. Um, catching up with New York has just been great. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, I think for me, it's been this balance of tuning out and tuning in. So um, I am trying to tune into what I'm feeling, um, but then trying to turn it into action. Um, so there's been a lot of things like just in my neighborhood that have been troubling, um, specifically about the way people talk about other people on our social media platforms. Um, and I started challenging people. Um, instead of backing away from it, I'm starting to step into it and say, actually, that comment is quite racist. <laughs> Just going to call it out. Um, and that has been really healing for me because I didn't realize how much I had been sitting back and like feeling it as opposed to like actually saying like, hey, you know what? That's not okay. Um, so that's been really good. Um, but tuning out has meant a lot of things to me. Um, I've tried to um, surround myself with as many people who um, understand who I am and how I think and um, my politics. Um, and I realized I had been spending a lot of time trying to convince people um, of, of my way of thought, like my, how I live the world, how I see it. And there comes a point when you can try and try and try, but you realize there are some people who will never understand. There are people who refuse to understand. And am I going to continue to use my energy to fight against that? Or am I going to now transfer that energy that I was spending on these people and move it towards something that can make positive change. And it's been hard for me to cut some people out of my life, um, but I've made that decision and I know that it's the right one for me. And I'm stepping back from feeling bad, like a bad person. I'm not, I'm not a bad person, I'm making a choice. Um, and so that's been how I've taken care of myself. I'm, I'm not gonna, be okay with people and say, saying garbage things <laughs> and like I just I'm not gonna have that in my life anymore so that's how I'm taking care of myself um for me 
Uh, the thing about living in New York is, even through, even amidst coronavirus, there's always this constant energy that you feel like, oh, I have to be doing this. Oh, I have to go get this done. Oh, I have to do that. Oh, I have to go outside and protest. Oh, I have to do that. And it, it you know, it gives you a boost of energy, but it also drains energy from you. And something, and it also keeps you from enjoying the moments in life a lot of the time. It's hard to enjoy moments when you're always pedaling. Uh, and for me, you know, I've been taking my care of myself by allowing myself to enjoy moments. Um, the other day I ordered uh, this pesto from an Italian restaurant um, not far from here. And I usually haven't been much of a fan of pesto, but I got this pesto and, you know, I, 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 I tasted it first. And I was like, nah, it'll be, it'll be okay. And I tasted it and I went, this pesto could heal racism. It was that good. And it, you know, and I went, oh, should I not use all of this? Like, no, I'm going to take it. I'm going to make the full dish. And I ate it. And it was, it was the longest meal I feel like I've ever had, but the best, best meal. And I just was able to live in that moment and relax and nothing else in the world was going on. It was just me and Conrad and Leo and the pesto. And it was wonderful. And, you know, and, and so I have, I've been finding more spaces like that to allow myself to, you know, enjoy the moment, enjoy, you know, the indulgence every now and again, you know, uh, it, it does help and it does help, you know, cut off the outside world when you're just in the moment. Um, my last question for everybody is, what is your hope for the world moving forward? Um, I would say that, um... Sorry, I'm jumping in. Um, I would say that I, my hope for the world is that we never return to the way we were. My hope is that, um, you know, um, during Pentecost, one of the things that I kept thinking about was that sometimes things need to burn for new things to grow. When I was in Yellowstone Park, that's one of the things they said, that uh, uh, there has to be a forest fire because forest fires explode like these little seed particles and then more plants can grow. So it looks terrible. It looks epically like a disaster, but only through that disaster um, does new growth happen. So my hope is that we just never go back to how we were. I've been thinking a lot about once again, revisiting the context of my education and my life. And I always go back to children when I think about hopes. And we could say that our hope is for the next generation, but I wanna go a little more deeply and say that my hope is for us to hear one another. Um, we talk a lot in education about the difference between listening to children and actually hearing children. And we can sit there, you can run a morning meeting and you can just listen to what the kids are saying. You can let it wash right over you and you can move on with your agenda. Um, you have your pre-prescribed curriculum, this is what you're gonna do. But if you actually hear children, you actually register what they're saying and how they're processing, then that's when change and growth occurs for kids. Because then you can take what they've given you and give it back to them in a flipped way, in a way that challenges them, a way that pushes them outside their comfort zone. And I hope for the world that we hear each other right now. We hear the voices that have been silenced, that are now speaking loudly. 
we hear the voices that are still really quiet and aren't speaking loudly. We hear the voices that are really loud and maybe we don't like them, but we hear them. Um, I think we get stuck. I, I know I, I, I do this. I get stuck in my own echo chamber where I'm only letting myself hear the things I want to be hearing. Um, and I have made a concerted effort in the last few weeks to try to hear things that I am not comfortable with um, and registering them. And then, as I said, processing the why of it. Um, but my hope is for us to truly hear one another um, so that we can move outside of our comfort areas and our comfort zones. My hope for the world moving forward is that we don't lose momentum of this movement just because it's what everybody's talking about and what everybody's um, you know, posting on social media about. And it's easy just because this is like what's happening in the moment to focus on that. But I hope that it doesn't peter out and that these conversations continue to happen and progress continues to be made. My hope for the world is that people start showing love and respect for each other. Can you hear me? Yeah, there's a big sign on the bottom that says my speaker is not working. So um, it's lying. Okay, so my hope for the world is that we can make decisions based from love and that we are holding the people that we're fighting for in our hearts as opposed to spending our energy on who we're fighting against all the time. Um, because we are what we need and we have everything we need to make this a more equitable and loving world. I think my hope is similar to uh, Presley's and Liz's, and that's that I hope that we can stay focused. Um, over the past few weeks, I have seen uh, people that I never expected uh, saying something about what's happening, about the protests, about policies, uh, about their own experiences or reflections on, on this whole dragon of systemic racism. But I'm also aware that our collective attention span, especially now, seems so short. Um, I mean, even in the past week, there has been so many things that have popped up, good and bad, that each need such a significant amount of concentration and amount of focus. And there are times that I fear that in a month when some of this is starting to die down a little bit, it might seem that we'll just move on to the next thing. Uh, when, when what we are facing right now is going to take a lot of time, going to take a lot of time with policy work, it's going to take a lot of time in conversation, it's going to take a lot of time in our own internal work. And so my hope is that we can stay focused and hold on to this moment uh, and stay with it, to not give up on it, to not get distracted, um, but to stay focused on, on, on this injustice that we are recognizing, um, 
because I do not think that we can afford uh, to let this die down at this point. My hope for the world is that everybody, you know, on both, on all sides of the conflict will, will do the work and, and work towards making the world a better place. You know, and, and, and I truly believe that, that everybody has work to do. Is the work equal? Not necessarily, but everybody has work that they can do and can be doing to make the world a better place. And, you know, we might not be able to save, you know, George and Brianna and, and all the countless others, but what we can do is we can save, you know, the black baby that was just born yesterday that will want to go running through the neighborhood and take a run through his neighborhood without getting killed. We can save all of those people coming forward. We can make the world the place we want to be, live in. We just have to do it. We're at a really, we're at a shifting point, I feel like, in the world. Uh, and we have this opportunity, this, these random circumstances have kind of laid out for us to really change the world. And I think we can do it if we all do the work. And so that's my hope. Well, my hope is that you, each of you, um, will never let your voices go silent. You are so amazing and you have been amazing. And one of the joys of my life is watching you grow and watching you emerge into every, everything that's thrown at us. And so the world needs to make room for you. And I'm also hopeful about the church this moment is nothing that I could have imagined in seminary. And in some ways, I feel as if my entire career has led to this moment. Look at us, look at us. And look at our church. Look at how diverse we are. Look at how rich we are, right? We have this amazing opportunity at our feet that is so necessary. You know, Chris and Ivy had their baby boy this week, born to multi in a multiracial family. Wow. We need to do this for him, for little Elijah, for my grandson Elijah, for little DJ who's seven months old. I'm willing to do everything I can, really to make this world better for them. And I wanna encourage all of us to not minimize our own power. Yes, there are going to be people that are tired of it. There are going to be people that are going to want some, to turn it off, right? But we don't have to, we don't have to. So thank you. Thank you for drinking with me today, a little something something. <laughs> and for the work we get to do together every day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Coffee with Kathy. This podcast is brought to you by Park Avenue United Methodist Church. Follow us on social media at P-A-U-M-C-N-Y-C. You can also support our ministries by donating at paumcnyc.org slash give. We hope you've enjoyed this coffee with Kathy. Until next time.